Thank you. Good to see all of you today. If you study your Bible, you notice God never does anything till after prayer. No prayer, He don't work. Prayer, He goes to work. He don't go to work until after prayer. So that's what we have to have is prayer. I first got in the church. Uh, I guess they might have spoiled me. I don't know, but we came early enough to go to the prayer room. We never went to the auditorium and had church service until we went to the prayer room. We spent time in prayer. I've seen Brother Newton Waters clap his hands so much during church service, he'd have a old rough hand. Actually, the blood would come out of him because of rejoicing in the Lord. When I first got in the church, they had it on the auditorium down there. We built that whole church from the ground up. We did everything. The first church here in Queen City, we did everything. And a lot of people come. Then he come to church there, helped build that church. The man that come plumbed it. Then he come to church there. People came, helped put the roof on, helped do this, helped do that. When we added on, we worked every Saturday until it was done. Women come. Now, this is for you women, I guess. We're not going to work every Saturday, but we worked every Saturday, and they'd come cook meals for us, feed us every Saturday until it was done. We built the majority of this church by the men in this church. One paint contractor come by and looked at it, said if you'd have hired this done, the labor would have been $30,000 just to paint this church. I remember we had a men's conference down on the lake up there at IP. I feel there's a multitude. I've been to a lot of funerals here lately. There's a multitude of people in this area that is unchurched. They believe in God, but they're unchurched. We have a chance for the greatest move of God that this nation's ever seen. Herbert Hubert said, I marvel at how fast that miracle is going down since my life. Listen, there has to be a revival for the church to revive and revive the community. So God bless you. Come and do something for the glory of God. I'd like you to take your Bibles, turn to John 3.16 and Romans 5 and 5, please. Well, I tremendously enjoyed the Sunday school lesson this morning. I just I hear people... Something Sister Diane said, Tony Evans came to her. I don't guess he knew what was going on in her life. And she testified this morning that her neighbors she just didn't like. I don't know where Tony knew that or not. But he came and gave her a word. God expects the signs of miracles and wonders when it's got to operate in a church. There's got to be the gifts of the Spirit working mightily. And she did what Brother Tony told her to do, and it worked out for her and worked out for her neighbor. God's word is true, and it's real. Like what Sister Sharon said, it is real, and it works. It may take it a while. We may think it takes it a while, but it doesn't take it a while. But God does exactly what he says he's going to do. Amen. Can everybody hear me all right in the back? Can't hear. Okay. But we need some waving back there like they do in the class on Sunday night, Wednesday night. We can't hear. We can't hear. So we want you to hear. Can you hear all right? Anybody back there can't hear? They can't hear. Let, let's raise them up a little bit. Amen. Can you hear now? Okay. Okay. Brother Ken helped us out some this morning talking to me about the class speakers. So we've got to work on that a little bit. All right, St. John, if you're there, 316, 316. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, now Romans 5 and 5. Hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. We're going to title this this morning, God So Loves. I believe that God wants us to start getting to the point where we talk more about the love of God than we do the power of God. Love is greater than the power of God, so to speak. What can you have more greater than God to forgive you of all your sins and wash your sins away and make them as white as snow? So God loves us. God loves this world. He gives us the power of God. Satan does not want you to believe the Word of God. He's a deceiver. He attacks your confidence in God and the Word of God. Adam and Eve was created in the likeness and the image of God and was fearfully and wonderfully made. Satan comes and says, if you'll eat this fruit, you will be like God. Now, here's the deception where the deception comes in. They didn't know or realize they was already created in the image and the likeness of God. If they had not ate that forbidden fruit, they would have lived forever and never died. That's the scripture. The devil wants to tell you what this book says about you today is not true. Even though you may have the Holy Ghost, he'll tell you it's not going to work for you. I'm going to say this morning, God is true and it will work for you. Don't believe what your feeling says. Believe what God says. You can't live a God by feelings. You have to live a God by faith. So God so loves, he loves. We must be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3:19. All the fullness of God. I'm going to read from some scriptures here from St. John. These scriptures was written after the Holy Ghost was poured out. Not before, but after the Holy Ghost was poured out. Listen to this and what he said. I want you to help me this morning. John 1, 16 says his fullness have already we received. How many believe that you got the Spirit of God in your life? You have already received the fullness of God, what he has for your life. You might say, well, Brother Billy, I don't really feel it. I don't sure I got it. Hebrews 11 said they saw the promise afar off. And they embrace it. I believe that we need to embrace what God says, whether we feel it or not, because it is true and it will manifest itself in us when we embrace what God has said. God is love. He poured out his spirit in our hearts, the love of God. We cannot love God or we cannot love the world without the love of God in our hearts. You must have the love of God before you can love the world. And I know what some are going to say. Well, we're not supposed to love the world. You're not to love the things in the world, but you're to love the world the same way God loved the world. 
I want to say again, there's a multitude of people right now around this church. They're good, good people, wonderful, dynamic people, but they're in the valley of decision. Listen to this, Psalms 23. My cup doth what? With what? The word cup there means salvation. My salvation runneth over, for the love of God is inside me. When you get Christ in your life, you got salvation. When you get Christ, you have the love of God. When you get Christ, your cup should be running over. You say, well, I'm not sure about that. Embrace it. I can't tell you how I felt this morning about hearing Diane speak about what she's been speaking to come to pass. I can't help just over, I just wanted to rejoice. I couldn't hear all what Sharon was saying, but I heard enough that all this stuff in this world, she's talking about when William died, it nothing but stuff. Come on, church, we got the greatest treasure in the world, and that's the power of God, the salvation of God in our lives. We ought to be on our feet and shouting to God, my cup runneth over because I found Christ. I found the treasure of the great price of God. My cup runneth over. How many of your cup runs over? Your cup is running over for the love of God that's in us. 1 Samuel 16 and 13, when Samuel anointed David with oil, said the Spirit of the Lord came upon David and stayed on him the rest of his life. Listen, when you get the Holy Ghost or you get Christ in your life, you should maintain it the rest of your life. It shouldn't be like a yo-yo up and down. It ought to be on us the rest of the days of our life because we're going to need that power if we die, and when we die, to lift us out of the grave. The same power that left Jesus out of the grave is going to have to be in us to lift us up out of the grave. Now, I want you to notice, it stayed on him. Now, he did some things that was wrong, but he did everything, not everything right, but he loved God. Somebody ought to say he loved God. Listen, he said he loved God. He loved the law of God. He loved the word of God. He said it's my meat day and night. I love the law of God. He loved God. I remember something Starler said one time, and I think Holly um, Wilkerson was with us. We was on vacation. It might have been down in Florida, was it? And, and they would get up early in the morning, and they'd go out there on the patio-like and read their Bible Come Sunday morning, Starla coming there said, uh, "Are we going to church today?" And somebody said, "No." She said, "We're not going to go to hell, are we? Just because we don't go to church?" Listen, made an impression on my life. So young and so tender about the things of God. So David, he loved God. He had a love for God. God so loves. How many of you know that God still loves you? I don't care what you do. Huh? He may not approve what you do, but he still loves you. If he doesn't still love us, we not, can't get there, but he's still loving us. God tested David to see if he loved God. How many of you know that there's test time coming in your life? We mentioned Wednesday night, God never punishes. He never punishes. He always gives tests to see whether we're going to do it or not. So David loved God, and he loved God's commandment. It was the delight of his life, day and night. 
And God delivered Saul into David's hand to see what he would do. Saul had been chasing him for 21 years. He caught up with him now. He got 3,000 soldiers. I want you to get your vision now. 3,000 soldiers looking for one little old boy. The Bible called him a little old stripling boy. Just, can you imagine 3,000 soldiers looking for one little old boy? I want you to know when God is with you, I don't care how many evil forces the darkness held looking for you, God will deliver you out of their hands. He'll deliver you out of their hands. Amen. It's not our power, it's not our might, but it's what's inside of us and it's what's for us. We got more than 3,000 on our side, the glory of God, and we got the angels of the Lord. And God had delivered him in his hands several times. And this particular time, David calls out to him, said, here's your water bottle. Here's your spear. I slipped down, took it from your side last night. Didn't say that in the scripture, but he could have said, I could have took your life right then. But it was the love of God in me. Y'all going to help me out this morning? The one reason he didn't touch David because David, I mean Saul, didn't touch David because Saul was the anointed of God. The scripture already said the spirit had done left him. It's a dangerous business when we touch the government of God. That's why he would not touch him. Can I be a little bit bolder? If we're really going to see the manifestation of God in our life, we can't complain about our government. Now, that didn't go over well, I know. I mean, that, you can't touch the, what God has anointed and put in place. You say, well, then people are evil. Saul was evil, too. You read about what he did, how he killed a priest with a sword because he was angry. The Spirit of God had left him. When God puts something in place, another reason David wouldn't touch him, because he knew he was the authority government of God, and God had put him in place, and it was not his place to take him out. It was God's place to take him out. He knew the commandments of God. God sets up one, and God takes down another. No man can get in any position except God puts him in there, and it's God has to take him out of that position. Amen. And Saul said, David, is that my son talking to me? He said, yes, that's me. And David fell down, if you read the scripture, and bowed himself before Saul. The man was evil, but he recognized the anointing that God had put on his life, and he would not touch him. And he said, you are a greater man. I'm just perfect. You are a greater man than I am. You're greater in righteousness than I am, because if I would have caught you, I would have killed you. Because he had not the fear of God in him. And he said, I want you to make me a promise. I'm going to go now, and I want you to make me a promise. You will not kill my seed. You will not kill my children. He said, I promise. I will not touch you, neither will I touch your seed. And I want you to watch this. When the angel appeared to Mary, said, you're going to have a child. She said, how can that be? He said, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you and going to impregnate you, and you're going to have a child. His name shall be called Jesus, and he's going to be great. He's going to call the Son of the Most High. 
and he's going to sit on the throne of David. God had promised David, said, your seed will sit on my throne or on David's throne as long as there's a throne to sit on. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Listen, God has given you a promise. It may not come true yet. There have been thousands of years he promised to David, but now he's shows up and said, you are going to have a child. And what I promised to David, it's going to come in Jesus Christ. He's going to be great. He's going to be the son of the most highest. And I'm going to bless his seed because I promised. How many believe it? God is going to bless your seed. It's going to bless your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Come on. You say, well, I don't see it. Embrace it, believe it, say it, talk it, and believe it and receive what God has said. God is love, and God produces love in us and our children. He brought forth the promise that he had promised that he would do. Oh, I glory to God. Isn't God wonderful? Oh, somebody ought to say that again. Listen, you ought to say that in the worst crisis in your life. You ought to say, God is good all the time. Like Brother Kim was saying in his Sunday school class this morning, you want to see the glory of God? We got to learn to speak the glory of God. We got to learn to sow a seed. I don't care what it looks like. That God is good and God is great and God is going to fulfill his promise in my life. He's going to fulfill it in my life. Praise God. God says about Job, he talks to Satan. He said, where you been, Job? I mean, Satan, he said, well, I've been going to and fro on the earth. I said, what have you been doing going to and fro on the earth? I've been looking whom I may devour. How you know the Bible said the devil goes about as a rowing line seeking whom he may devour? How many believe that you're from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of the giant of God, the line of God, the glory of God? Notice he said he goes about as a roaring lion. He's not the roaring lion. He acts like he's a roaring lion, but he's not the one that's been ordained to take you down. God has ordained you to go up and not to go down. He's ordained you to be a blessing and receive blessings in your life in abundance because he's love. He loves. God didn't come to destroy him. He, he may be one day, we worked with this guy, and he worked down at Thiokol, and, of course, all of you know Thiokol had went down, and he went to work for the state, and he's driving this big truck and down there on 134 coming into Karnak. And he stopped at a stop sign because the car's in front of him. And of course, it's this big truck, and for some reason or another, Brother Kelly, he didn't know why he only... He just put it in reverse and backed up, and you can imagine what happened. Can, can you use imagination what happened? And he says, well, I know the judge said I'll get off because I worked with him at Thicol. Well, he knew the judge, and the judge knew him because he got a big fine. He might have worked with him, but now he come the judge. How many know that Jesus is not the judge now? But one day he's going to be the judge. But today he's the Savior. He's the day that's going to bless you. Today he's going to lift you up. He said, I've been looking for whom I may devour. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, there's none. God said, there's none like him in the land. The devil didn't believe there was none like him in the land. Even Job's friend didn't believe he was that kind of man. It doesn't matter what your friend believes. It doesn't matter what God says about you. Your friends may be criticizing you, 
But God says, that's my child. When I see the blood, I'll what? What, what Scripture's teaching you there, that when God sees the blood, your sins has been made white as snow. And that's all he sees is your sins has been made white as snow. He don't see your sin because it's done been washed in the blood of the Lamb. He sees the effect of what the blood has done. How many are glad the blood's been applied to your heart? He don't see your sins. He don't see what's wrong. He sees what's perfect in your life. He said, Job, as God tested Job, he lost everything he had. Worms was in his body 18 inches long for one year, and he pulled them out. He said he took my camels. He took my servants. He took my cattle. He took my sheep. But said, as he is devouring my flesh, yet in my flesh I'm going to see my God. And he said, and all of this is going on. And the scripture said, they said, I'm going to trust him. And let me just change it up a little bit, okay? Y'all let me change it. Even though he's destroying me, I'm going to be loving him. The last breath in me is going to be, I love God. I'm not going to look at what's happening in my life. I'm going to look at what the love of God. Then he said, the Lord blesses me with all of this. He, the Lord blesses and the Lord taketh away. Because of his attitude and his loving God. God blessed him in the end, abundant more than they've ever had. How I many you know your greatest blessing is going to come after your greatest trial? Come on now. And I know Peggy's been some going through a great trial, and she's still not able to hardly do anything. But I'm going to say to her this morning, your greatest blessings is yet to come. Just lift up your hands and praise the Lord. Give him glory and give him honor, though you don't have the strength. Come on, church. Embrace what you see. Even though you don't have it, embrace it and believe that it's yours and it's coming your way. It might take some time to get there, but it's on its way. God is never slow. It takes us time to get in position to receive what God has for our lives. God is love. He works love in us. I'm just glad that God loves you. God loved us before we was ever coming to this world. Amen. Praise God. Mark 4. So there rose a great storm and a wind. And the water was getting, well, it said it, it filled up the boat. What Scripture said, Mark said, the water has filled the boat. Has filled the boat. And all the disciples was afraid that the boat was going down. There's a lot of fear in this world today. Suicide's up 30-something percent. Nine people out of ten are depressed because they're afraid of what's going to happen or what might happen or what's going to come to happen. They're afraid and they live in fear. They can't help it. All right, they can't help it. But if you're a Christian, you can help it. Come on now. Perfect love cast out what? Come on, say it out loud. Perfect love does what? And that perfect love is the love of God that's inside of us. 
working mightily in our lives day and night. He does not slumber or to sleep. If we will allow him, he will drive out all fear out of our lives. He replaces it with the love of God and the confidence in God. And they woke Jesus up and said, don't you care? We're going to all die. We're all going to sink. And here you are just sleeping and snoring away. Listen, he had the love of God inside of him. He knew God. How many knows God? If you know God, you don't have to fear what's going to happen in this world. All you know that you're going to be come out of it graciously blessed by the love of God. You have the love of God in your heart. You belong to God. You're his. He's got his seal in your head. You know him. Praise God. If you're having problems with fear, God wants to be in your heart so strong that the love of God casts out all fear. And Jesus said, Oh, thou little faith. Oh, thou little faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. They woke him up. Glory to God. Perfect love. Hallelujah. David said in Psalm 23 and 4, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear. I will not fear. Ken mentioned something this morning. Remind me of Isaac. He stopped at the place called Gear. G-E-A-R, I believe it is. It means just a stopping place. How I many know you may not be where you want to be, but maybe right now you're just a stopping place. Huh? You're not going to set up tent there, amen? You're just stopping right there for a few moments. And you're going to move on to bigger and better things. He moved on to bigger and better things. It was just a stopping place. I'm not going to have no fear. David said, I'm not going to have no fear. The reason he wasn't going to have no fear, he knew who his God was. He had the love of God in his heart. Pilate examined Jesus. If he had had an MR, MIR machine, he'd have probably run Jesus through that. What's this other machine they run you through, this tunnel light? What's the name of that machine? What? I can't hear you. MIR, MIR. Some of you can't go through that. You know, I know some can't go through that. They get hysterical, get claustrophobic. If Pilate would have had one of the machines, he'd have run Jesus through there to find out the truth. Amen. Jesus was the truth. How I many you know he's inside of you? You got truth. And Pilate said, don't you know I got power to take your life? He said, you have no power over me except my father give it to you. Why don't you stand up and look the devil in the face that you have no power over me? You cannot do anything to me and my children except God gives you permission. And I know he's not going to give you permission because he's already settled in heaven that he, I'm his child. And if you offend me, you're going to offend him. Jesus 
settled a question once and for all on the road to Damascus. Paul had letters in his pocket, and God, Jesus knocked him down on the road. And Saul said, Who art thou? He said, I am Jesus. Someone finish that for me. I am Jesus, whom thou what? Persecute. He didn't say you persecute my church. He said, you, uh, you persecute my church. He didn't say that. Because when you say something against somebody, you're saying it directly against him. He settled it once and for all. I am the head of the church, and the church is my body. And as long as you do it to the little ones, you're doing it to me. You're doing it to me. He made it known and clear that I'm the head, and you're my body. Anything anybody does to you, they're doing it to him. And he's going to take offense about it. Before I became pastor, I never really, but many years ago, I visited on Saturdays, knocked doors, went all up to Green's Farm, knocked a door, and the lady asked me to come in. And I talked to her for a while. She had two young boys. She said, if you want me to like you, you're going to have to like my boys. Hello? Hmm? Is that the way your family feels? I don't know who got me on that book, but it, I appreciate it. I think it might have been Paula McCourt. Uh, I'm going to show you a more excellent way by Dr. Wright. He's a medical doctor and also a minister. He said he heard a group of people one day in the hospital, but little in another member of the hospital talking about him. He said, I walked up to him and told him, said, don't you have any fear to talk about a child of God like that that belongs to Jesus? Let us not lose our relationship with God and hold on that you are important to God. I don't care what you do and what you've done. You are important to God. If I offend you, I offend him. I think I heard somebody mention in Sunday school class this morning. I'm not sure, but I have done more repenting in the last few years than I have in all my life. I'm not going out and sinning. I'm not doing all this. But even David said, God revealed to me my secret thoughts so they don't get loose so I can get rid of them. Feelings that we ought not to have feelings that try to dominate and rule and control us, we should repent of it. We should never bring accusation against a brother or a sister in the Lord. Sister Linda, I don't know how many years ago it's been since you preached that message, she's my sister. I don't know how many times I think about that. Sometimes when I think about things I shouldn't, I think about that. What a message, a dynamic message she shared. She's my sister. How I many of you know that everybody is your sister or your brother? And that's why David wouldn't touch Saul, because he knew he was the governmental authority. And if he touched Saul, he would be touching the governmental authority of God. 
He had such a heart for God, such a love for God. Hallelujah. I want you to say again that he, Jesus said, Why are thou persecuting me, not the church? Because you've done it to the church, you've done it to me. God has made us in the likeness of his image. David and Paul says it was God that drew them. No man going to come to God. And I think Brother Ken mentioned this morning, and I believe that's all my heart. You can't change people's lives. There's no way you can change a person's life. I've known people to get married and say, well, I'll change them. Well, <laughs> you've you got a hard road ahead of you. Peggy told me one time, I don't know, a few years ago, said, I'm not going to never get rid of you. I said, say what? She said, I've took all these years to get you trained like I want you. <laughs> I ain't got time to train nobody else. The best way you can train somebody is through love. Through love. I read the other day where this woman wrote down everything she disliked about her husband. Wrote it down. Said, now I want you to write down on a piece of paper everything that you dislike about me. He looked at her and said, honey, I love you so much. I don't want to write one word about you. She sat there on the table a long time and just looked at him and directly broke down in tears. I want you to know the love of God in your heart will break down the hardest heart, the hardest person in the world. It will change their life. The wickedest king in this world can be brought down by the love of God, by the power of God. Love is power. How many believe that love is power? You talk about the power of God, casting out demons, healing the sick, but I tell you something that's greater problem than that is the love of God that covers the multitude of sin. The love of God. He has power in every situation. He puts that power in our lives to do these things. Songs of Solomon says this, chapter 8 and verse 7. Many waters cannot quench love. Many waters cannot quench love. Just can't quench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly contented. If one would just operate in love, and just love. This man asked his wife, said, where are you going tonight? He said, I'm going to church. He got his six-shooter and went out beside the gate and stood at the gate. She come to the gate to go out the gate. He put it up to the head. He said, now, where would you say you was going? He said, if you pull the trigger, I'm going to heaven. If you don't, I'm going to church. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, when, when you can talk love, when you can speak love, that's why we must have the love of God in our hearts to overlook insults. It's amazing how quick an insult can come and how fast the lightning can strike. What do you mean by that, Brother Billy? How quick we go tell it when we order saying, I love you. What are you going to say, Diane, seven times what? I love you.
I believe it's Agmadino said one time, everybody you come in contact with, you ought to breathe out, I love you. Not verbally, but just meditate, I love you. He said, you'd be surprised what would happen in your life. I believe this. I believe we're living in a more friendly world than we realize. I went down to the tar shop the other day, and I parked my truck, and as I was walking up, now I had a hat on, and this young man sitting on that bench over this way like, and he seen me walking up. I might, he might have recognized how old I looked, you know. I don't know. Trying to walk straight up, you know, and trying to look straight. And he got up and walked across that way and come over and said, Sir, let me open that door for you today. I believe we're living in a friendlier world than we realize. I've been telling Peggy, where we go, seem like people are more friendly than I've ever seen them in my life. God wants his love to be shown in this world. And the first, it has to start with me and you. For God has shown his love in our hearts and our lives. The blessings of the Lord is upon us abundantly. How many believe something good is going to happen to you today? It is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is it's not abundance of things we possess in the natural. The abundant life that God has promised is not abundance of things that we call, but it's the love of God in our lives and return that love. What makes us like God? That we have the love of God in our hearts. That we love God. I appreciate you listening to us today. We have his fullness. We have received his fullness. The wonderful blessings of God. I heard Brother Bernard Eccles. I never did know his dad, but I'm going to close on this. When he first got into church, he worked for this guy that was really hard to work for in the field. And uh, said he's very difficult to get along with. And he told Brother Bernard where to work that day. And Brother Bernard had just got into church. And this man owner went to another part of the field to work. And Brother Bernard went and got him a pulled up a drink of water out of the well and got him a drink of water. And he didn't know nothing about the Lord. And, and the Lord spoke to him said, I want you to carry, which was the owner in the other field, I want you to carry him a drink of water. Well, he didn't know whether really to do it or not because he knew he was a hard man. So finally he pulled up some water in the bucket and went to the field. And he got there, and the owner said, what are you doing over here? He said, you're supposed to be over in that other field working. I gave you strict order to stay over in that field. He said, well, I thought you might want to drink a water. He said, all I want from you is to work in that field, to get back over in that field. So he went back. Would you say it's pretty rude? Huh? Anybody say that's pretty rude? But that night that Brother Bernard went to church, somebody tell me who he's seen sitting in the church. Anybody want to tell me who he's seen sitting in the church? The man never been to church. 
Who'd he brother Bernard see sitting in the church? The owner that he worked for. The love of God offering that drink of water. Brother Bernard didn't say anything. I'll tell you, the love of God can break down the hardest of heart. The love of God can draw the hardest soul to him when the love of God is in the heart. Brother Barney just obeyed God, gave him a drink. I don't remember where he gave him a drink of water or not, but anyhow, the Spirit of God moved on that man because of the kindness of another man. So God bless you as they come. Let's worship the Lord, give him praise and thanks because all the wonderful things that he does for us every day. God bless you for being here today.